Oh, welcome. <laughs> Hi there. Welcome to Hops Neville Drops. Hey there. It's uh, Sean here, the resident craft beer expert. And it's Alex, your once and forever and all time wrestling expert. We're not experts, but we like to drink beer and we like to watch wrestling. We do. Um, we do very much like to watch wrestling. I'm not gonna drink beer. I think we like to drink beer. Would you like to our drink beer? Our guts like to express our beer, love of beer. Uh, judging by today so far, we do very much like to en- to drink beer. Enjoy the beers. I do enjoy a few enjoy beers. beers. I enjoy a few beers now and then, yeah. Today we are, you're going to hear a very, um, so in this episode. This episode. Alex and I yes. enter an adventure in the adventure zone. Just kidding, no, it's not that. It's not that podcast. podcast. Uh, it's that not good, that one. good podcast. Sorry, if you enter this podcast thinking you're going to listen to Griffin McElroy or Justin McElroy or Travis McElroy. It's not Travis. Yeah, it's Travis. You know, Travis, yeah. you're right. You're correct. Then you are not getting that, but you are getting a slam-packed episode of Sean Ballard and Alex Johnston. Hops, two, hops and elbow drops. Your two less popular versions of the, the, the ones that were mentioned before. Just slightly less popular. You do yeah, have glasses and red hair. None of the McElroys have red hair. I always think that that Griffin does. No, he definitely doesn't. Because I feel like he no, should be part of Griffin brown. Door. What if he has like more of like a reddish brown hair? Ah, uh, he doesn't though. Well then, he sucks. <laughs> All right. Um. So this week, we are taking on an interesting topic. Um. It's a. I big don't think anyone's been talking about it. This week we're talking about um, what the fuck is going on in WWE right now. Um, it's something I guess we've kind of been building up to. We've been very critical, I think, over the length of this podcast about what's happening in WWE currently. Kind of um, like off comments, eh? We've been mentioning here there. We've never done a really full episode on it. We've never no. really focused in on it. Um, we've talked a lot of shit about Roman Reigns, which uh, we will continue to do in this episode, but I think we will balance it by talking about what the real issues are and no, more sad. than just one wrestler. Sorry about the interaction. No, we go ahead. We also have, by the way, had quite a few beers before this podcast this time. I think it's because we're entering a sad topic, and it's good to enter the uh, the topic for said with some beers and stuff in mind. Roman Reigns has not made me sad about the current WWE. There's Roman Reigns Roman, is is there's nothing about Roman that's upsetting you right now. Roman Reigns is is not even slightly related to what the bad things about WWE are. It's right now. weird. It's like because last year it was like he was like annoying because like they were trying to push him so hard, but not even trying to push Roman that hard anymore. Mm-hmm. And maybe it shows how bad Jinder is, or just how okay Roman is. Those are both true things. Um, another thing, actually, is, no, it's just how bad Jinder is as a wrestler and how bad they've been doing the booking for him. Jinder is a big part of it. I think the general, the general WWE booking um, has been very, very bad. The WWE pay per views overall have been really shit lately. Um, it's been, it's a rough time to be a fan of WWE and. I think yeah. here we kind of identify as wrestling fans more than WWE fans. Yeah, we are. Yeah, totally. Um, we barely do any stuff on WWE. These days, sucks. especially. and But that's kind of the reason why is the WWE's been pretty rough we these days. We started to do an episode on the Ro- uh, one of the past Royal Rumbles a while ago. We couldn't we couldn't do it because we were too drunk. But when we did, just decided that sometimes it's, unless you pull out like, the marquee top matches in WWE mm. F or WWE in the past, 
obviously going through the um, the attitude era and stuff like that is a whole different beast. But like, it's really actually hard. I find to find anything that's like good about WWE in the last seven, six, uh, fifteen years, maybe fifteen. That's a bit much. No, I, I think that's that's going a bit no, far. I mean, you find good stuff, but I'm saying if you take like the amount of good things that happened not in the fifteen last fifteen last thirteen years, mm-hmm. and you put it in the span of of thirteen years, I'm saying in the last thirteen mm-hmm. years, and the amount of good things and the amount of televised things that have happened in that time frame, the percentage of really good things that have happened in WWE is probably quite minuscule if you compare all the stuff that's happened in New Japan in the last. Well, if you go to the last 13 years, a lot of bad shit's happened in New Japan, too. Yeah, like, I know that. They I had the whole Enochism thing, which some people on the internet are starting to defend, but I think is still pretty not spectacular. And if you compare the last 13 and 13, but, like, in that 13 years, is there a five, is there a three, I'm going to say, like, in the last, like, four years, New Japan's pretty awesome, right? Uh, hell yeah. Last right. four years? Yeah, four it's years. been great. If you pick out a four-year span in the last 13 years of the WWE, has there been a four-year span no, anywhere near close, close, right? No, no, no. And WWE is supposed to be the most viewed and the most, uh, the best wrestling around in terms but of. But is like, it though? It's not supposed to be the best wrestling. It's supposed to be the most popular wrestling, the most mainstream wrestling. And it's supposed to be a version of wrestling that is trying to appeal to a mass audience. My question is is, it, is the mass audience at this point going to watch wrestling either way? And why not give them just good matches overall? Because. You know, they're going to watch it either way. It's not like, you know, like when wrestling was touring way back when, it didn't have the main, the, the wrestling, continuous wrestling, wrestling entertainment. I was listening to the, uh, um, the Bruno, uh, the Bruno, uh, Bruno, uh, Bruno Sarmentino like, on the know, Jericho Bruno podcast. Like, like talking about like his sellout crowds at Madison Square Garden, all this different stuff. I'm just saying like people were coming in and watching wrestling then. And in the same sense, they weren't watching promos and they were as much as like, and they weren't keeping into like. You know they weren't able to tune in onto their Saturday morning cartoon show and watch the the promos that were occurring mm. uh, every week, and then go and watch the matches. It was like I'm going to go watch the matches, and there's some talking in between. Mm. But I'm not. I don't care about the, wa- the the stuff. I'm caring about the watching the wrestling matches, right? You go to New Japan, you don't care about the promos that are happening in between as much, but you care about the matches so much more. And the matches are good. So why not watch the wrestling? And wrestling was maybe one of the most popular things as it had been at that point in uh, in, in its history. I can't argue with that. Um, the one thing is that I think characters still matter, and especially they mattered in that era because um, people from that era will tell you Bruno was not the best wrestler of all time. His matches were not the best He's matches that were happening. Though. But he was an Italian-American. He had an gr- incredible look. And he always won. And he was an incredibly dominant champion. Like and I think Okada. that's... It's, a, it's an example of that not modern now, right? Mm. Like, he's a good vision of Absolutely. what like, the, the strong uh, Japanese man is supposed to be like. I mean, he, For, he looks good. He has uh, structure. He talks well. And he, like, you know, he's something that people look, look probably up to be. I mean, Suzuki. I completely on the other agree. Hand. <laughs> Suzuki's totally different. Yeah, I completely agree with that. Actually, um, I think we're entering an era when people are kind of longing for those dominant championship reigns well, that were a staple. Of it, right? of, I mean, and that's that's something that's hard to talk about. Like 
is this something that just I'm feeling? It feels like that's some oh, a direction the wrestling world is moving, but is that just something I'm feeling? Is that something just the community that I move in is feeling? Or is that something that's having to a broad, bro, broader um, wrestling fandom? And that doesn't even get into, is that something that the, would make wrestling appeal more to the mainstream I audience? Mean, I mean, are we entering this modern age of divorcism that we need to have a strong father figure in our in everyone's lives? Listen, I mean, listen. I know you're joking, but like, you, know, you might honestly, not be far off the know, truth. Honestly, I mean, yeah, like, it yeah, could be, it could be like people need a strong. I'm not saying you can have whatever dominant figure. It just so happens that the wrestling is not going to be like. Let's find a, a dominant um, figure who doesn't identify as a strong guy. Yeah, as their dominant. Oh yeah, person. yeah, yeah. I, I, like strength, strength like, is obviously always going to be a big thing in professional wrestling. That's um, it's like it just. I don't know if, if macho is necessarily the right word because that has all sorts of inter- implications. Well, um, I mean, you can but, be macho, but you don't but have like to be strength. Savage. Or how about how about dom? <laughs> savage. We really do need to do another Randy Savage episode. But savage is also the the word savage has re brought itself into people saying I don't, I don't get that online. Uh, savage people say someone was savage I think that's actually really it kind of means brutal now I think yeah but like that person's savage like they they don't give a shit they just do whatever they want or that was savage like, I, I, I don't that person is savage, savage. I, don't hear, savage. I don't hear that as much no I see it it's, it's a weird underling of the um, that uh, I, I yes I see oh that was savage bro no, it's savage, I see that. bro. It's more like savage. That person's a savage. I don't, I don't like that. I don't see that as matter. I mean, that makes, me as com- that makes me uncomfortable, but I don't see that, that as much, honestly. I see that more because the uh, I like to keep myself involved with some uh, individuals who uh, might share some views that I uh, I, I don't exactly uh, I agree with sometimes. But whatever. I'm going to keep the pl- politics of the day uh, away from the podcast, I guess, probably. Ah, poo. No, not, respect not indigenous necessary. people that's all I'm saying oh well, obviously yeah that's we that's actually, the politics we want to express I mean honestly like it's a there's a really cool uh, Wahoo McDaniel wasn't a real indigenous person <laughs> all of the people in WWE who have played indigenous people have never no, been no, no 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 that's not true actually um what's his name the starts with a T was in the oh. the Andre Battle Royal oh yeah uh, he was actually indigenous so, He's he's a legit. It's very very funny actually. They talk about this in um, the Masked Man's uh, wrestling book. I forget what it's called. Masked Man's Guide to the Squared Circle yeah. or something like that. He um, talks about uh, Chief Wahoo McDaniel is one. There are two very famous like I'm doing air quotes right now. Indian yeah. um, pro in wrestlers. Still yeah, yeah, yeah. Indian still. Wahoo McDaniel and uh, the other one was Chief, uh, Chief Jay Strongbow was the other one. So in the mid '80s, there was this big thing where those two dudes passed the torch to. Oh, fuck, I can't remember this dude's name. Tom, like, no, no, it starts, uh, yeah, it's something close to that. It was re- in the Royal Rumble very recently. Well, Andre Giant Battle Royal, yeah, like uh, a yeah, year ago. Yeah, uh, to Tatanka. Tatanka, yeah. So they were passing the like, and again in air quotes. I mean, really indigenous, but Indian in quotes, uh, wrestler gimmick to him. Yeah. But he was actually indigenous, and they were both like fucking Italians. Well, like, isn't there like that? Uh, we listen, there's a song that we know that's uh, about. Uh, yes, uh, Tribal uh, Red did record a song about wanting to be a pro wrestler or yeah, being a pro wrestler. I I haven't seen it as much, but maybe there is a real push in certain communities uh, to do a little bit of pro wrestling. I mean, like, that. 
That'd be cool. That'd be a really especially in a modern era, right? You got like in you know indigenous people often part Warrior. of a working class, right? And like and, and wrestling's always been a working class art I think form, a, you know, like a working class like below working class group, and that actually comes into well, you know what I mean, uh, like, like like group of people that do like you know that maybe live close to the poverty line and are working like uh, yeah. doing like menial That's labor or like can, which sadly I don't. Is wrestling turning into one? Because we were talking about this today. We have a friend mm-hmm. who's doing um, uh, a wrestling uh, training program, which is great. But we didn't look into the prices much, but like I, we, it's almost widely known that like sometimes wrestling training can be a lot of money. Yeah. And like, is that actually like is wrestling turning into? I hope that wrestling is not turning into one of those things that you have to have money to be a wrestler, to become a wrestler, like hockey in Canada. The sad thing is, everyone like everyone talks about Canada as like as a place where hockey is played and you enjoy it. But the only people who actually become NHL hockey players, the vast majority of them have a lot of money behind them because mm. when you want to play at a certain level, when you're extremely young, where they can't even tell if you're good enough to play at that level yet, there's lots of people paying like a thousand dollars to play, have their kids play at that level. Absolutely, yeah. Right? Or more money, like thousand, two thousand dollars. That's for training, and that's all this different stuff. And is wrestling like if you want to get into the wrestling scene, is it ex- if you want to have a name behind you to get you know, into a, a promotion? Unless you set up a ring in your backyard, which you have to work extremely hard just to build that fucking ring. Yeah. Like, is it how how expensive is it? Like, and is it is it is it holding back people who could be into it? Uh, who just don't have the ability to pay for the extra little stuff? I thought that's I, we have no idea, but I mean, yeah, it's not something I really know about to commentate uh, to talk about. But it is an interesting question. Um, Unless you grew up in a community like Shawinigan, New Brunswick, which there's yeah. probably still people who live there, like the Dupuis, or connections to the Dupuis, who just fucking have a ring in their backyard. I mean, wrestling, it, it's it's one of those complicated things where, like, wrestling has both the high and the low. Obviously, I mean, in one sense, obviously, you always hear about the Hulk Hogan's and the Ric Flair's, the people with huge amounts of money. But in another sense, it's it's there's a lot of people in wrestling that either come from, like, a very poor background. Like, you know, they're working class people. They strong, learn like pro wrestling. They're, they learn pro wrestling as a way to make money. They came from a shitty background. And this was just a thing they learned how to do, and it was their livelihood. And there's another, and and we always hear about these kind of people, you know, like, oh, you're wrestling in front of, you know, like, 20 people, you know, you make 20 bucks, you're living as cheap as humanly possible. So, like, regardless of whether you came from a a poor background, that's the way you're living. It helps if you have a more... uh, a wealthier background so your folks can pay some money into what the fuck for sure doing. they can help support you number one or yeah. they can at least pay for the training to become a pro wrestler in the first place yeah um and on the other hand you have people that came from a football background yeah uh, especially that's a college right, football background I was, yeah, that have like a lot of money 20, in front of 20 people thing for like a for the like, there's some of them that might have came from that background yeah and their parents are still paying for part for of it for sure kind of idea, but. and you can talk about that maybe that's why a lot of or not maybe that's why but like this uh, the idea of wrestling being a thing for wealthier people now not necessarily true like we're it's obviously not, we, not, we're we have no right now. this is yeah um is could be a result of uh, a lot of wrestling schools these days are run from by by wrestlers who were prominent in the ad, or prominent or present at least in the attitude era accustomed to making a certain level of income and they need to make that and income and they so. need to make that income to sustain their livelihoods and so they have to charge a certain level for a thing it's and less. It's less like who you knew in the backyard that was like. There's, it's a thing. Well, maybe it is true. Like I don't. 
there should maybe there's gonna be a study about that at some point in like the next five years, five ten years. Less likely than there's less likely that is actually gonna happen because if, unless you're doing it from a university program, it's mm-hmm. all supported that way. I mean, honestly, like the whole idea would be like okay before, like where I mentioned Shawinigan for a second. I know actually two people who have their families who are connected to Shawinigan mm-hmm. and their wrestling background, the um, uh, their family's wrestling stuff. Um, someone whose uh, fo- whose dad was a wrestler, professional wrestler, way way back in the day, um, and he never made it anywhere big. But he wrestled some big names, um, and then we have uh, someone who same deal, but he was uh, he ended up running some promo promotions in uh, Quebec and uh, trained with uh, the Dupuis, and that was all from the same area, mm-hmm. but. None of these guys, they made enough money, but none of them made, like, enough money to be, like, they they could go back, they probably went back to the show and get them work some construction or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah, sure. And they had these rings in the backyard. They, like, come over here, like, there's families around you, the kids get into it, and they want to pursue it in the future. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Today, nothing against the indie stars today because they work extremely hard, but, like, they're traveling way more and broadly, I think, any, like, prominent ones. Yeah. And they're not going to work out in their backyard anymore. You're going to work out at a gym. You're going to be with the gym. You're going to work with a thing. And maybe you're going to help train people. But most likely, there's no one like is going to be like, hey, you're into wrestling? Come to the backyard. We got a ring set up and you can help run things here. Yeah. Doesn't happen. I don't think that happens anymore. Unless the kids are setting it up themselves. Well, I mean, that's the whole thing, right? It's like people younger. start as backyarders, right? Yeah. Like the Young Bucks started as backyarders. Obviously, the Hardys way back. I mean, I um, started off as a backyarder. Just kidding. Will Ospreay talks about being a backyarder. Um, and, like, I think some of those guys in that British scene started off as backyarders. I guess I have more wrestling experience, by the way, than you do. Uh, 100% more, I would say. Um, I was a, I was a, a, a professional... Uh, Grade seven, eight wrestler in uh in, in Tramp- primary trampoline wrestler. No, no, I was I, I didn't I didn't mat wrestling. Oh, know. okay. So you were an amateur wrestler. I was an amateur wrestler. There you go. And uh, I didn't get anywhere, but then I I still did it. Uh-huh. Um, and then I did uh some trampoline wrestling as well, which I didn't follow as much. But honestly, like when I was uh when I was younger, the cool thing was, and the guy that I was mentioning who was um going to uh to do some training. Uh-huh. It was his backyard. It was tra- his trampoline. He was extremely into it. And him and a few other friends. It was funny. I had another friend who was actually going to do wrestling, go to a wrestling camp when he was like grade like eight. Yeah. And they just lost all of his interest in wrestling. Um, and then, uh, sorry, I know this is going off topic, but because we got a lot other stuff to focus into. It's all good. It's all good. He, uh, there's a few other guys who were really into it. Uh, who were going, were off doing other things, but they were doing sequences. We were grade eight. Yeah. Like, I remember them doing um, one side to the trampoline, to the other. Um, Drop like, down, jump over. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. and then doing like power slam, it, like. Spine buster. Not spine buster as much, but like. Well, spine buster would be pretty easy to do on a trampoline. Yeah. But like, I'm just saying, like, they were doing sequences. And this was in grade eight. Like, the guys actually, like, they. they actually like practice yeah and they practice good for them the thing was they practice the sequences there's actually video that uh the one guy actually who um he's married to this girlfriend now that was like they were together since like grade eight Mm -hmm. um she would like record on her old like samsung sony whatever it was that's good shit just like little stuff and they would like they would actually like 
and like it, it actually kind of funny because it carried through into other stuff they did because like we would like used to walk around the woods mm-hmm. I think there was some time they were trying to do something silly off of a the, a branch in the woods and one of the fucking branches just broke while it was in the winter, middle of the winter time they were trying to do like a move off the top of a branch yeah. in the middle of the woods and the branches Dog. broke oh that's brutal but we were like grade kids like, yeah like we were like 14 years old yeah it was great Anyways, we'll get into the. Uh, so let's get into some WWE stuff here. Maybe that's what. Maybe they've been warning too much. Maybe let the kids do their, what they're doing. Except let for the don't kids do, what, do what they're doing. Don't let them do what uh, Nakamura did to John Cena. Yeah, no, that was pretty bad. Yeah. Um, let's talk. Uh, start off with the big one, I guess. Um, we're gonna talk about Roman Reigns right now. He's the man with the biggest pecs. Today, August second, twenty seventeen. I would like you to tell me what you think of Roman Reigns, his push, and what you think, uh, whether you think he's a positive or negative in the WWE right now. I would say, so Roman Reigns, I actually, I haven't watched as much wrestling recently as possible, but I think he's had some matches with Braun Strowman, which are perfectly WWE adequate. They had fucking ambulance matches. He did a crazy shit to, to fucking Braun. Or Braun did crazy shit to him. They drove around. Yeah. It's hurtful. It's dangerous. It's like, oh my god, what the fuck's happening here? They've had good matches. I can't complain about that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a year and a half ago, he was getting pushed too hard. Yeah. Um, he was a fine wrestler. He's not a bad looking dude. It's just the modern age. There's not enough like uh, middle of the road fans that are going to enjoy Roman Reigns for being a good looking somewhat good wrestling dude yeah again you can do like he's not the best promo person under his current gimmick he's a better promo person probably outside of it it's just WWE has shitty writing and Roman's falling like he's if if John Cena Mm -hmm. was put into the spotlight now as a young guy I don't even know if John Cena would do that good because the writing is as bad or their fans are just not into being pushed too hard to enjoy what they're doing. They want something to happen organically. I don't think that's or, or I don't think Roman's able to make organic um organic uh positively occur. Well, here's the thing is that like I think with Roman there he he has no control, right? Like nothing I mean, organic need- can happen as, with the with something like like Roman Reigns push, it's nothing about it as organic. Well, Dean is the only person right now that I could see having that push that's organic. Oh, I don't think that's happening anymore. Like I'm just saying, but I'm saying for that level, like at the, the the group of guys, if he could get the fans behind him again, he could have an organic push. But like, he's gonna have to work real hard, and stuff is something serious gonna have to change because the fans the only, aren't behind him anymore. I'm saying he's the only one who could create that backer. You oh, you think he's the only one that could do it? And organically at the level that need. The, well, what about uh, I don't know Nakamura, Sami Zayn? No, well, I can see Sami Zayn doing. I couldn't see. Sadly, I think Nakamura is great. I don't think his English is there for the American crowd. I have to disagree with that. I, I mean, I don't think his English matters. I think, I think that Nakamura, people are so into him, it doesn't matter. is amazing. I just think he's the type of guy right now, He would be. he's going to be great, and he already is fucking great. He's already done so many more things. He's on his tail end of his career, and he's enjoying the last little bit in a massive audience getting his big payout right now, mm. right? Yeah, for sure. I agree with all that. If you had Nakamura... Do something crazy against Dean Ambrose or Sammy. Not Sammy Zayn. I couldn't see him finishing it off. He had an amazing match with him in the NXT entrance. Mm. 
all this different stuff. I can't see Nakamura having a great feud with Sami Zayn because they both need to be like some sort of baby face. If he has something with Dean Ambrose, it would be Nakamura, weirdly enough, would be like the most sane person in this feud. Mm-hmm. And Dean Ambrose would be going crazy for some reason. And it's just because he couldn't beat Nakamura. Yeah. And he's, but he can't do it and he's making him going like fucking wild. Yeah. And Nakamura has to be playing the cocky asshole in this situation because mm-hmm. he can play the foreign heel gimmick at that point. Mm. Be like, ha ha ha, Japanese and uh, Japanese people are way more superior to you, to you Americans. But he's not going to say that. No, but his actions. That's the thing about sure. Nakamura who's so sure, great. Yeah, yeah. He's cocky. He is. It yeah. doesn't matter. But it, I think he's cocky. cocky in a way that I don't think people are ever going to boo it. You know, no, people are not, not going to dislike him. But like, if awesome. you have someone like Dean Ambrose getting pissed off, I could see him, like, his craziness of, like, getting so, like... Well, he's going to turn upset. heel. But, like, I could see him being so upset that he can't, like... He's having so much trouble that all of a sudden his heelish methodologies... Because he's, like, he, he's, like, the the baby of an attitude era type of wrestler, right? Like, he, he, he fits into that role really well. And there's fans that still like that stuff. And they would probably really enjoy him going insane... Because he's like this, this off the hinge uh, uh, American wrestler who just can't handle this stuff. So he's pulling out all the tricks to just get by this strong um, foreign. Uh, I don't wrestler. see that honestly. I just I, I, I just see that maybe like you see the WWE doing that. I just I, th- I mean I could see the WWE trying to do something like that, but although not really with Dean Ambrose, but. I think if they did something like that. That's I think Dean Ambrose does not get cheered at all. I think that's a complete heel turn for Dean, which is fine because I think a heel turn would be great for him right about now. He's, I think what he's if, getting kind of old. What if we say this? Whatever way it turns, it turns out well. What any without that feud turns? No, I don't necessarily agree with that either because I think Dean can really be lazy, and Nakamura tends to wrestle to the level of his opponents or to the level that his opponents are over. And I could easily see a Nakamura Dean Ambrose program being very uh, dull. That's um, true. That's maybe, my big uh, problem. Maybe Nakamura is not willing to take the bumps that involve a Dean Ambrose. I mean, Dean Ambrose he isn't a super physical guy. Like, he's not ah, tons he can, of bumps. But, like, but he can he can play with weapons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess you're talking about that kind of style. But like, that's why I, I think of that. Dean Ambrose I, th- I mean, he does do that kind of stuff, and he does it very well. I tend to think of my Dean Ambrose like my perfect match, right? Is still that Dean Ambrose Triple H match from uh, Fastlane yeah, twenty sixteen. There's no one in the company right now that's sadly like there are people that are up as level, but like right now, but they're not booking them well enough to sure, have sure that Triple but H development level. I think I think that it, Nakamura could actually do a match like that with Dean Ambrose, but um, I know where I want to see what I want to see. Um, no, it actually wouldn't be as good at all. But imagine a Dean Ambrose Michael Elgin match. No, actually, Dean Ambrose. Oh, sorry, not Dean Ambrose. Screw everyone else. Michael Elgin, John Cena. Hell yeah, I obviously want to see that. Fucking air raid. No, actually no. What, what do you do on the top rope against the one guy? Falconero. No. Burning hammer. Burning hammer. John Cena. No, listen, John rope. Cena's neck got hurt bad enough by that exploder suplex. We don't need him with a burning hammer, too. Oh, but fucking, fucking Michael Elgin could actually do a burning hammer to John Cena. No, burning hammers are legit shoot dangerous. Yeah, but Michael Elgin. Even if you do them properly. 
They're dangerous. He does it so often, though. He doesn't do it that often. He does it super rarely. Okay, he does it's like an uber air, super secret. He has like a, a Mike always finish with like Falcon arrows, clothes lines. He has an Elgin bomb. It's he like a, a, a spinning power. I always bomb. Okay, I always, what's the one with the top rope that he does? Falcon arrow. Okay. When they keep brings them down on their back between his legs. Yeah. What's that's burning, a Falcon what's arrow. What's a burning hammer again? A burning hammer is you're up for an AA except reverse, so your yeah. back is down. And then you drop them, but you bring them down on their head instead of right. on their I, front. I'm talking about the Falcon Arrow, but it's... No, definitely a Falcon... A Falcon Arrow would be rad, yeah. That's the move that when we saw Smash, yeah, uh, yeah, Zack Sabre yeah. Jr. kicked out at one. Yeah, I would imagine... Fucking... Imagine, like, uh... Michael Elgin. Yeah. Steel Cage. Yeah. John Cena. Yeah. Falcon Arrow off the top of the no. Steel Cage. Absolutely not. <laughs> that sounds like you want John Cena to die. <laughs> And Michael Elgin to break his ass also. Because you lay on your butt in that, and that would sound insanely painful. But wouldn't that be a match? Like, even a dude did a leg drop from the top rope to the outside of the ring in WCW and broke his ass. It's because he doesn't know how to do a leg drop. Just saying. Well, you shouldn't do a leg drop to the outside regardless, I think. <laughs> Fucking idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's what WCW was back in the day, though. I mean... it. No, this guy was specifically stupid. It was not just WCW. Um... So I think what we've concluded here is that Roman Reigns is not the problem in the WWE right now. No, of Roman Reigns he's is doing not. great. Roman I'm hyped Reigns for his big SummerSlam match. I don't think he's had a honestly, he's mostly been in good matches in WWE. Sadly the thing about all Roman, year. Sadly the thing except about, for WrestleMania. Sadly the thing about Roman is Okay, he comes from a good wrestling background his yep, family. That's he, true. Did, he did football first when he went back into went into wrestling. Sure, yeah, yeah. Um he just the fans aren't ready they aren't there for a Roman Reigns well the, the, the problem not, is the booking's not there and the because the booking's not there the fans aren't into him and the WWE can never capitalize on in my opinion the big problem is that WWE never cannot conceive of giving an actual character to a top level babyface and especially a non-white babyface in this company. Well, I mean, fucking, they had The Rock for how long? I but here's the thing. Heel. Think he about this. Heel, yeah. He started as a bland, nothing babyface. Yeah. When he turned heel, he built his own character from yeah. his own personality. The Rock is an yeah, he's, he's and then a, he turned babyface based on that his heel character. Yeah, that's true. The Rock, yeah, The Rock had to do his own. And shit. I mean, everyone has talked to death about how like The Rock is. The roadmap for how to make Roman Reigns a gigantic babyface. I don't think they should copy him though. Like he doesn't have the same thing. I think, well, at the very least, he I think the same charisma. I th no, he does not. Not the same as The Rock. He will never be The Rock, and that's fine because oh. almost no one will be ever be The Rock. If there's a uh, thing The is, Rock is a once in a lifetime. Yeah, hear me level out on this guy. one though. Like Roman, okay, you have like they have enough fucking talent in this company right now mm. to have a really strong top five, top six even. Uh, across two uh, brands, it talks uh, uh, across two brands. In oh, the company. easily, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and you have. You remember when we were watching some old Roman from some other promotion or even WWE? What he's doing? No, it's just WWE because he's never been any. He's other never promotion. been anywhere else now. But he had that businessy guy thing where he's always a bit fucking time it is. But you, <laughs> that was an NXT. That was a very bad gimmick. <laughs> but, but he should be a heel completely. Yeah, he should be a heel. There's no have, question. You have Roman as a guy who doesn't want to fucking wait for anyone. He just wants to be the shit out of everyone. But he, you know the thing that happens? There's always someone underneath him who he's a super strong dude who just has something pushing them 
to do it because Roman isn't mentally strong enough. Well, Roman's just cocky or, yeah. He's, he's physically strong enough to beat anyone there. Yeah. But he just, like, you know, I, I hate to bring this up because whatever, I know we shouldn't talk about the the the, the Wolverine on anything. Oh, Benoit. No, that's fine. Talk about Benoit. That's But cool. he was the guy who was, like, tough enough and stuff like that. But he wasn't tough enough in a sense because of his stature, but he always, in a sense, had the chance to beat anyone at any time because of his, he... his mental ability. Mm. He was able to overcome some sort of odds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they weren't forcing the over the cup. Roman's not the type of guy who can overcome the odds. He is the guy who's having the odds over Yeah, well, then, okay, him. yes. You're, you're hitting right on a very good point, actually, which is that, like, WWE, regardless of who the top babyface is, always booked them like always books them like David versus Goliath. When He's Roman Goliath. in He's modern Goliath. WWE is unquestionably Goliath. He's one of the biggest dudes. And with Braun, they can finally do that because they finally have Why, but they a giant that, like, dude that people believe in but he's only he's only fucking like they've the, done that match like six times uh, now number one yes and number two the problem was that Roman was so hated already that they turned Braun into a baby face when like if you had had Braun well I mean I guess they had Braun do all that shit to Sami Zayn and no one cared because Sami Zayn wasn't believable if you had done Braun do all that stuff to like uh, who do the people like um, AJ Styles no, they don't like Dean Ambrose anymore. Before though, well, <laughs> but once upon a time, yeah, Dean Ambrose. Like, yeah, actually, Seth that's Rollins you know what's a good example. Seth or Dean, Ambrose? Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar is what they were like, trying to do with Roman Reigns versus Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman having a feud against fucking Roman Reigns and Sami Zayn. I'm oh, sorry, I said something else. Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns, but Sami Zayn overcoming the odds against Roman Reigns. Hey, incredible. Here's the thing. You start, you throw kids. Listen for all you kids out there. Are they on the same brand? No, no. Sammy's on SmackDown. Right. I keep on. I keep on thinking that. I guarantee you right now that if we ever see a pay per view network special non TV match between Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns, it will be one of the best WWE matches of the decade that it happens in. The decade. Holy shit. That's a that's a that's a bold fucking claim. I know it's a bold fucking claim, but like, listen, Roman has really risen to a high, high level in this company, despite all the incredible indie workers, as a WWE product, he is one of the better wrestlers in this company. I would say top 10, probably. And he's had some incredible main events. Like, you're talking about in the last, like, either this year, he's had... His match with Kevin Owens is probably his... My question here. Mm -hmm. Before we get super far into it, I don't want to get too excited. Yeah. Um, Like... Okay, so he's wrestled Kevin Owens. His he, match with Kevin Owens this year was very good. He wrestled uh, Triple H. No. Not this year, but like, who else he's... He drawn. wrestled Triple H last year, and it was bad. Uh, oh, was, I thought it, was a man, no, it wasn't a bad match. No, I mean, it was fine. It was just very boring and too long, which okay, is what so, Triple H's under, uh, WrestleMania matches have been okay, regularly. So he's wrestled Braun and Kevin Owens this year. This year. Uh, he's also wrestled... No, that's actually it. <laughs> Uh, on pay-per-view, he wrestled The Undertaker in a very big match, if you remember correctly. That wasn't very good. That was extremely bad, yeah. Um, so, actually, my whole idea is... Kevin Strowman. Owens, Braun Strowman, one match with The Undertaker. I'm, I'm, I'm falling through the leeway with uh, with all my ideas here. I, was I mean, gonna he's going to be in this big four-way at SummerSlam, which I expect to be a very good, fun match. I was going to say, a, a Roman had actually... Uh, I had been wrestling enough people who had uh, who was able who were able to carry the match well enough oh, no. for him. Well, I think these matches with Braun are really 
really show that Roman has really grown because although or I will say Ron has really grown with his match with the Big Show. Just saying. <laughs> Um, the fucking are you saying the Big up? Show can't carry a match? Motherfucker, that dude's been a wrestler for 20 years. Yeah, I know. You can't carry a match. And him and Braun are amazing together. <laughs> they're fine. They're uh, great together. That, those are great matches. They're fine matches. Okay, I've They have good moments, but they're too, like, there's not enough there to really be a really good match. The perfect five-minute match, Braun Strowman versus the oh, Big Show. Oh, yeah, no. Are you talking about five minutes? Absolutely. Fucking kick-ups. I mean, the only thing going to be better slams, is uh, Braun or, or Brock versus Goldberg. No. You think Braun versus Big Show is better than Brock versus Goldberg? Give, okay, Br- Big Show, five years ago, six years ago, even more than that. Imagine fucking Braun Strowman modern versus... Big Show in his uh, his prime. I don't know what Big Show's prime was. <laughs> Sorry to say, because like when the Big Show was able to do I a feel like salt. he didn't really imagine. If no, he, the Big Show was never able to do a moonsault. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, he was never. <laughs> he did, he did no. A, what was he? Was, he he never did a moonsault. He was able to do a backflip. Never. Over. You're full yeah. of shit. I don't believe you. <laughs> you fuck you off. No, no, this. you're lying. No, no, it's a thing. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. No, it's not. Yeah. No, it's not. Yeah, no. Before Big Show has never done a moonsault. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Go to hell. No, he's never done it. My uncle, who was not as tall as your him, uncle, told think. him told you he did a moonsault. No, no, you did. I never. What? I didn't tell you Big Show did a moonsault. Big Show can't do a moonsault, and could never do a moonsault. All right, we're done with Roman Reigns. Let's talk about heel champions in the WWE. What? Heel champions. How many of the champions currently are not heels? In the entire WWE, not counting NXT. Although NXT would probably help our case, but not counting the NXT. Okay, Big Show talked about this on his Jericho podcast. He apparently could do one when he first started out. He was he had, when he busted it out at a house show. He got a call that night from Hulk Hogan, which told him no one else could believe a giant doing a moonsault could believe he'd be beaten, and doing things like this would kill the cruiserweights. Conceding the points, he retired the move. Also, no one said he would take it. So, Big Show could do a moonsault back in the day. Listen, bud. I don't fucking believe it. It's not on tape. I don't fucking believe Big Show's full of shit. And that's number one. Number two, I 100% totally believe Hulk Hogan saw him do it and called him and says, you're not allowed to do that, brother. Fucking Vader could do a... There was a thing called the Vader salt. Well, that isn't really surprising because Vader was like an uber-athletic big man, whereas like Big Show never really was. So, and DDT, DDP talked about um, uh, Big Show doing the moonsault at Oak DDP's well. an infamous exaggerator. <laughs> I'm saying big guys. Okay, but well, here's the thing. My, my uncle at... Big I'm, Show, okay, if he could ever do a moonsault, the, when, when he could do it was like big, when he was literally or, just starting wrestling in like 94. But Braun Strowman just started wrestling like a year ago, two years ago. Okay, but like Big Show, we've seen how good a wrestler Big Show was in '94. He was not good. We watched the match, remember? He was talented, the though. Yeti came in. Yeah, but I, that was because that was WCW was shit. Uh, yeah, that's true. It wasn't but listen, that was but like '96, '97. That was '90. No, it wasn't because '95 is when the NWO shows up. Uh, NWO. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Braun or Big Show doing a moonsault onto the other one would be insane. Listen, Braun can do a kip up. Let's leave it there. <laughs> no, because like the thing is, it's like I'm gonna leave it at this. I'm saying, I've moonsault. Uh, actually, a backflip. Not let's not do talking about moonsaults. Let's just talk about backflips. It's all about momentum. 
If they jumped high enough, you can lean back way this much enough, and if you put enough. Well, back flip's easier than a front flip. Yeah, exactly. Because you I'm only saying, you don't have to go as far. I'm saying, one of those big dudes could. Well, isn't a moonsault just a backflip? But a moonsault you have to be facing towards them, isn't it? I don't know. No, it's actually that's something. That's something. That's else. a shooting star press. That's a shooting star press. That's the thing moon Brock Lesnar almost killed himself trying to do. Yeah, a, a shooting star press. I think a moonsault is just a backflip. I think a big guy could do a moonsault. It's just no one wants. Well, to Well, I think because like have, like because Keith Lee or Donovan Dijak can do it. Yeah, I. I they're big guys in the prime of their fucking careers right now. Well, it's a, we're in a different era now though, where like big guys are encouraged to do that. Big stuff. Show was a Big Show was a fucking basketball player. I understand. Okay, hey, hey, hey. I understand that, but like Big Show, even if he could do those moves. He didn't know how to fucking wrestle in 1993 and 1994. You know, like, doing moves doesn't mean you know how to wrestle. Anyways, let's go on to the next thing. I mean, whatever. I think Heel I've... champions! Who are the champions in WWF right now? Raw. Who's uh, the Who's the Raw champion? The Raw champion would... World champion. The, the Raw world champion. Shit, I know the Smack... I know the WWE no, champion. No, the, the Raw... The universal champion. The universal champion right now is... Um, well, let's see. Um, he's a former amateur wrestler. Oh yeah, it's um, NCAA champion. It's Brock Lesnar. Yes, and then there you go. It's, uh, the Intercontinental champion is. I just want to say the Miz. It is the Miz. Uh, it's, you can guess <laughs> if you did like uh, a statistical. I mean, like yeah, seventy-five percent yeah. of the time in the last like year, it's been the Miz. It would be like it would be a good guess if you're going off statistics, which would be, be really good, except that he's lost the title like three times in the last year. Which yeah. I, if there were less title changes, there be was right. that thing about like half a year ago. Where he was like on top, on fire, because everyone fucking loved the Miz, because he was having that feud. Been, it was yeah. the talking smack thing. Talking smack made the Miz, uh, and now they also, killed his it. Promo is level. And, well, his promos, but because and of his, talking smack, and his vignettes uh, with John Cena. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Who is the current Raw Women's Champion? Uh, that would be uh, um, uh, the uh, it's you know it's the the Joker's girlfriend. <laughs> Alexa Bliss. Uh, who is the current Raw Tag Team Champions? Oh, uh, of are? course I know that. It is. It's Sheamus and Cesaro. How many of those, what percentage of the people we just named are heels? Sheamus and Cesaro technically are, I think. They are heels. Uh, Alexa Bliss are heels. Yes. Brock Lesnar is a hard one. I think, well, let's count Brock Lesnar as a heel, because I think he's Brock supposed Lesnar to be a heel. Brock Lesnar isn't a heel, but Paul Heyman is. Yeah, we'll call, listen, let's count Brock Lesnar as a heel, just because it's like, he's definitely not a babyface. And the thing is, Miz is the fucking biggest babyface baby <laughs> in the company Go forever. Uh, so Raw is 100% heel champions. Who's on SmackDown? Who's the SmackDown world champion? We, we talked about this before. I know you're making your point about... Let's, let's go all the way through. Jinder. He's a heel. And then you have the... the United, oh, actually, United States champion is now AJ Styles. He's a babyface. So this has changed yeah. since previously. The women's champion is also babyface, Naomi. Naomi, yeah. And the tag champs are now babyfaces, New Day. Yeah, they just won it off of... Yeah. The Usos. So the, very recently, both the U.S. Su- and tag champs were heels. But this doesn't surprise me about SmackDown. SmackDown's that fucking good one. The SmackDown, SmackDown's always coming from that... So you're era. saying the one with Jinder Mahal as the champion is the good one? Everything else except for Jinder's good. You're right. I mean, honestly... Although, wait, wait, hold on. What I mean, if Jinder wasn't the champ, you know who would be the champ? Randy? Randall Keith, yeah. Which would fucking blow. Who would Randall have defended against for the last three months if it wasn't if Jinder wasn't? That's what I mean. Like it would have been like the Nakamura. Nakamura would have won it. Can you imagine if they turned Randy heel? Randy is a great heel. 
Yeah, but Randy I didn't like Randall Keith as a heel. I don't think Randall wants to be heel because he's a little fucking shit. I don't think he gives a fuck. I think he does. I think he just does whatever he's he told. I think he cares. I think sometimes he doesn't care. Say, you know, the times when he's in the ring. Mm-hmm. Although I've heard that he's friends with Jinder, so he wants to make him look good. It's like his first two matches with Jinder were about as good as you could have expected for someone who is Jinder's level of wrestler. The Punjabi prison match was dreadful, but I don't know if it was anyone's fault. It's just like, it's that gimmick. You, what, what are you going to do with it? I don't know. I, the thing is, the Singh Brothers are good. So, I mean, you can listen to Brian Alvarez talk all day about um, why they're all heel champions and why that sucks and all that stuff. But, like, it seems like the babyfaces never really get a break in WWE. Well, no, of course not. I don't know why. I'm just trying to think, like, back to when I was originally watching. Mm-hmm. The thing is, okay, who are the big babyfaces you cheered for when you were a kid? Well, Chris, I'm going to say this again. Chris yep. Benoit. Okay. Um, was Eddie Guerrero supposed to be babyface back in the day? I forget. Uh, sometimes he was. And I think I liked him when he was a babyface, and I was like kind of mad, but when he was a heel. Jer- uh, ben, I mean, um, Guerrero was actually a really good babyface. Because he's okay to... You knew he was kind of dirty playing either way. Mm-hmm. And he was a lot of fun when he was being good. Because mm-hmm. you were like kind of on his side. Like, you were part of his group yeah um so Eddie Guerrero was great um you know I mean Dean Malenko just kidding uh <laughs> Dean Malenko <laughs> buddy I was gonna say and Chris Jericho those four guys Perry, Perry, guys. Perry Saturn yeah <laughs> no. poor Perry Saturn yeah he got pulled under their fucking got killed um any other baby face but the Hardys were the the, the Hardys a good example faces. yeah um the uh I guess at points Edge was I think Edge was always a tweener Edge went uh, back and forth sometimes he's a baby face sometimes he's a heel Christian was always it doesn't matter if you Christian was always a heel always a heel he's he's not he's not he <laughs> doesn't work as a fucking listen we've face. seen we've listened to the Edge and Christian podcast <laughs> Christian is a real an IRL <laughs> heel natural heel I don't know if he's actually <laughs> I'm not saying he's a bad person but like you listen to him on that podcast, he's the heel of the podcast. If you, if you think about, uh, if you if you know the, the movie, everyone knows this movie, Despicable Me. He's like the Groot of uh, of, of of Despicable of, of the of the W universe. Mm. He's like a guy who's like he's heel, yeah, but he's just so stupid that you don't worry about him because he doesn't fucking matter. He's just gonna do something like he's trying to be evil, and yeah. he is evil. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It, like his character, it doesn't matter. You don't. He's not actually gonna be friendly. Yeah. He just he's bad, but he's so bad at being bad, in a sense. Like he's not actually dangerous. It's that's very. Sort of, that's sorry. sort of who he was. That's kind of true about Christian. But like I, I'm gonna say, uh, I'm trying to think of any other like really pure baby face. I was just thinking that it's it's very interesting that Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels is a pure baby face. That's true, especially in his um in his in the run when you were watching as a kid. Yeah, when he had returned. Um, um yeah, I was gonna say basically those are the only ones, but you have to have long tenures of heel champions to help make baby faces look good. Yes and no. I, it's very interesting that WWE has become this company of heel champions in their modern era because WWE historically was the company with incredibly long babyface champion reigns. You know, think about it. Like, there's no, there's no Bruno San Martino, Bob Backlund, Hulk Hogan, Bret Hart as a babyface. 
Shawn Michaels is a babyface. Stone Cold Steve Austin yeah, as a babyface. Baby yeah, baby and then after Stone Cold, that's when it starts to get a little funny. Well, it's been fuzzy ever since. Ever since Stone Cold became the champion for the first time, that's when the championship started to mean less, and we started to get a lot of random champions, and like sometimes they're heels, sometimes they're babyface. And I feel like there haven't been long babyface title reigns ever since Stone Cold's first reign ended. Uh-huh. Like, I can't think of a long babyface world title reign in WWE. Well, I guess John Cena must have had one or two. Yeah, he must. So have. John Cena is one example. Yeah, John. Cena but like, like John Cena, he at no. time at times has been. Yeah, but here's the thing: John Cena doesn't even like his longest title reigns don't approach no. long. I can like say, now you can say CM Punk has the longest title reign. Other like, not except I, for like Hulk Hogan and longer title reigns than Hulk Hogan. Game, for example, yeah. Though, Okay. Okay. For, we were talking about like how like things are different now than they were back in the day in terms of like sure. how people do their politics. Mm-hmm. We talked about even we mentioned this in the episode. John Cena is okay with losing the people to push them over. Sure. Sometimes. Hulk he kind of killed the nexus. <laughs> well, yeah, but I don't know if like even looking other than the uh, bad news Barrett. I mean. Well, I mean, listen, you say that, but, like, maybe they could have all been somebody if John Cena didn't kill them in, like, two weeks. What? Was that John Cena who decided that? Or was it was, that actually, yeah. Jericho and Edge have both corroborated that, like, it was John Cena's idea that he beat the last three members of the Nexus team by himself at Survivor Series. Jeez. And they all told him it was a bad idea, and he insisted on it anyway, and then later he accepted that it was actually a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the one story everybody names, but I don't know that there's tons of stories like that. No, and like so, I would just say that John Cena is more okay with pushing other people over. Well, these like, days, particularly when he knows he's like at the going towards the end of his like even run like, on top. Like slightly, I mean, yeah, I mean, like he was making his big run though in the time period that like there were some other very prominent names that were just peeking their heads back and forth, like. Triple H just likes to grab the belt every so often. Well, but here's the thing is that, like, John Cena does not have seniority over Triple H. No, exactly. And Triple H, like I said, just likes to rear his head every so often. Yeah. Like, give me the belt. Yeah. I'm the man. Um, And before that, I mean, like, were there any other big names that just like to show up out of nowhere? Uh, I think he had some... Well, actually, this was never for the belt, but, like, The Rock and him had some matches back There was the actually a, ma- a, seri- a match for the belt. She- Oh, there was the first one or the second one? The f- I think the second one was for the belt. I think Rock went into the second match as WWE Champion. Oh, really? No way. Yeah, because he beat CM Punk at the Royal Rumble to win the title and then defended it at Elimination Chamber successfully. Yeah, well, there you go. Like, I mean, like, there's there's big names from the past yeah. who reared their heads. And I'm not going to say ugly because Triple H, other than his big nose, and The Rock, <laughs> not ugly people, um, and came through. And Cena wasn't able to probably hold that belt like he could have, or I mean, CM Punk. Yeah, that's that's an argument to CM make. CM Punk yeah. combated as well as maybe the biggest pure babyface in fucking uh, WWE history, Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan coming through and like, uh, I mean, being Chris Benoit to the next level. In terms but of like the, the, the people behind him. Not about Chris Benoit actually having certain yeah, good qual. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, I I, um, I just want to make sure but, that but, it's but, not clear that the we're thing not about the that. thing about Daniel Bryan. Well, 
Daniel Bryan got treated the same way Chris Benoit did, the same way Rey Mysterio did after they won titles at WrestleMania, which is that, like, they get put in weak title programs, they get made to look like shit, and if Daniel Bryan hadn't gotten injured, he would have gotten murdered by Brock Lesnar that's, at SummerSlam I the way John Cena did. Fandom. I think that's a change in the fandom, the same in the backroom politics. Wait, what's changed in the fandom? The fandom's more supportive. Like, they're, they're big-time people that they support are a little bit more underdoggy. I mean, like... But, but hold on, hold Trip, on. I mean, I mean, Hulk Hogan was always, like, six foot three and massive. He was... He's taller than that, actually. But, um... I'm saying, like, he's not exactly, like, But my point is guy. that, like, you're talking about from, from Chris Benoit, which was, like, in 2003, to, like, Rey Mysterio in 2006, to Dan O'Brien in 2012. That's a lot enough in between. Or 13, 14? 2014. That's long enough in between that there could be other things that happen. But, like, what I'm saying is, like, are you saying enough. the fans have changed from and those? Because, like... was in there, too. Eddie Guerrero wasn't there too. Uh, Eddie Guerrero's situation is a little different though, because he, he kind of died when he was on top. But he still won the belt in, in that in between. But what I'm saying, he he did between. not get treated like shit as champ, uh, or as far as I'm aware. No. But I'm saying, he, I'm saying, in between Benoit and Mysterio, he was in between those two. Uh, so, well, he won the belt the same year that Benoit did, because they had the two different belts. Remember, right, they yeah, had the true, world yeah. heavyweight and the WWE. That's true, actually. And he died like before Benoit. Yeah, like, two he did. years before. He yeah, and then they actually had a whole thing with Eddie like, Guerrero and Guerrero dying was the spur for Mysterio to win the Royal Rumble and win the title. Yeah, I know because he played off of um, Guerrero's death to make him because they were such good friends. Yeah, they they use that to like try and transfer people's love for Eddie onto Ray. Then then they had. Uh, in the end, though, they had uh, Guerrero, Vicky, play that stupid role. Yeah. Like, I don't know if she like, wanted to like, like, hold on. Like, so Benoit was used to set up Randy. Ray Ray was used to set up somebody I forget. I don't know who beat Ray Ray, I eventually. think it's... Maybe it's because the WWE is stupid and likes to use those guys as pops. It's like, they don't give a shit about who the fans like. They just care who Vince likes, because that's Vince, you know? Yeah, I know. And Anyways, I think we're, yeah. we have a big list of topics to talk about. We've been going for about an hour, so we're going to oh, wrap sure, it up soon know. anyway. But at the end of the day, the rest of all of this shit we're talking about can be summed up as Vince doesn't care what the fans like. Vince honestly does not care what makes money, especially now in this era where it's very hard to tell what is directly affecting income because their income is no longer tied to pay-per-view buys. It used to be they would do something really stupid and the pay-per-view buys would go down and then they would like do something less stupid because they didn't want the pay-per-view buys to go down. Now there's no pay-per-view buys. Everyone buys WWE Network and you're not gonna cancel it because it's only 10 bucks. So like even if WWE is fucking terrible for six months like they've been, it's like, well, I don't want to cancel it because NXT is still good and like they've got all those old pay-per-views that are good that I have to go back and watch. It's $10. It's less than New Japan, so why get rid of it? Well, it's slightly more expensive than New Japan. I thought you said it was only $10. Yeah, but New Japan is like 999 yen. I'm comparing in Canadian dollars. In Canadian dollars, New Japan is 12 In Canadian dollars, WWE is like 13 Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Oh, it's 10 US dollars. 10 US dollars. WWE is nine ninety nine American. New Japan is nine ninety nine yen. Yeah, okay. Which I think is like slightly less American dollars. Nine hundred ninety nine yen. That's exactly what I mean. Um, basically, that's yeah. That's all I have to say. Basically, more or less, is that like Vince McMahon 
uh, has makes what he wants. At the end of the day, that is very different, I think, than what the modern wrestling fan wants and what the modern wrestling fan would consider to be quality television, wrestling, any of those things. And the sooner he control is rested from him, the better. Yeah, that's true. Um, he did a lot of good things for this business. He did a lot of terrible things for this business. He honestly has probably done more to negatively affect the image of wrestling than anyone else in the history of the business. For short-term success. Well, but forget about short-term success. He has damaged this industry well, like more, more than anyone. See, Alex here is getting um, what we've talked about in the past because this is kind of... Um, um, we're trying to make basically, a point. yeah. So, like, Alex and I have talked about this before about, like, in recent time, it's coming up nowhere in this podcast. Is basically Vince McMahon, in our opinion, has kind of, though he's pushed his attitude era styled wrestling upon, um, upon the masses, which was very successful at its time. Mm-hmm this bad image of wrestling in terms of like being like very like crazy and extreme but also not crazy. like it's not even like crazy extreme rude. it's just it's like, like rude it's, it's not, rude yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's not it's, it's, it doesn't give a shit what you think it's well it's, it's, gonna do it's, what it's gonna I don't do. like I don't like those even descriptions either because that makes it doesn't even make it sound like it's just it's it's crude it's low class yes, yeah it's it's um it's this thing that stupid people watch you know like it's Hey, it's now, low. Like people aren't stupid. I'm like, not saying people are, but I'm saying that's the image they've created. Yeah. And it, the fact of the matter is, I think Vince McMahon believes that. Yeah, he thinks. I think he thinks wrestling fans are very stupid. Yeah, and, he, and that's, that's why he thing, creates his product. And that's the way he why does. he's been so bad with. If you compare it to past ages, I know we're being a bit nostalgic mm. about where people are just like honorable about what they do and very committed to their communities and stuff like that. Um, it would be better, but. Uh, it's a weird it's, it's modern society it's, it's short term thinking over long term it was a good short term decision in the early 2000s late 90s to do that to do that marketing it benefited ploy. them massively in the short term because it Absolutely. was the largest amount of people who ever watched they, wrestling a wrest- in, in history wrestling peaked in, in mainstream that, popularity that's very in- common in in, in, uh, in economics in modern mm. day like that's just a, a, a common de facto about what people are doing now they aren't uh, and before it's a little less different now there's a lot of different little things that are playing into it mm-hmm. that, that that time phase it didn't really matter because everything was short term mm-hmm. didn't matter where like things were it was much more focused on the short term less focused on the long term in terms of what you're doing today it's morphed it's a slight hybrid between the past and the current and the, and the slight diff, the past and the slight earlier past mm-hmm. right because you learn off of this like Focus, so much high focus on the, the short term, but it, yeah, it, it highly damaged that uh, the the, reputa- the reputation of the WWE. the public image of of the the industry as a whole and WWE in particular. And there's people that like Roman Reigns and uh, not as much Dean Ambrose, uh, but uh, Seth Rollins. Um, in the future, future Roderick Strong could be the person that they need. Um, <laughs> Nakamura. What are you saying right now? It's people that could play the uh, 
the Bruno San Martino rule. The, right, the, you're the, saying like the, 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 the mainstream char- star that changes the business. The guy, the guy who looks so good on paper and probably hasn't. Ha- has probably. Hasn't I mean, even, at this point, it's not going to be Roman Reigns. No, it's like not, there's. It would have happened by now if it was. They would love it if it was um, Roman Reigns. Of course, that would make their lives very much easier. But sadly, Roderick um, Strong is probably the most, the best candidate for it. Uh, maybe. Um, honestly, someone like Shayna Baszler could be a good candidate if you're talking like about that. Like she's like think about how Ronda Rousey changed MMA, uh, made MMA very very popular, uh, made be, made like, it very you think, mainstream. Do you, think the rest, do you think the fan base is ready for a female to lead the whole chart? One hundred percent, I do. Um, Vince and Triple H have been talking all year about how the women's segments are some of the highest rated quarter hours they do. Yeah. On Raw, although they don't seem to program a lot of them, which is either because they're lying or because even though the women's segments are the highest rated, they are in this weird mindset where you can only do one women's segment a show because that's the way they think. It's like, yeah, sure. oh, we don't want to do more than one tag team segment a show, and women are like that. There's just not a separate. Ten years from now. Yeah, um, but I think I think that would be a huge deal. I think uh, I think changing up their women's division that can be a very powerful force. Yeah. Um, someone like Charlotte could become a huge breakthrough star if they hadn't killed Bailey in the, the fucking ground. She could be that person. I 100 percent believe I that. Think so the thing is, yeah, I think Bailey's an amazing wrestler. It's just the Bailey, the Bailey always just gets me. It doesn't. I don't think that matters. I don't. It doesn't matter what you're like. Fucking Okada's finisher is a clothesline. It's a clothesline. And it's the most over finish in professional wrestling. I know. It just for some reason, I don't know what it is. It I don't know. It works for me. It doesn't bother me at all. I, it doesn't bother me. It's just like it don't. It, it, if it was a belly to back, I'd be fine. If it was, but it's a belly to belly. It's just like it's like a suplex and a slam all in one. But you just when in big matches, she does it off the top rope. That in the top off the top rope every time, I'm good to go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's the thing: is it's very interesting. The modern WWE women's division is almost like uh, it's like twenty or thirty years different than what the men's division is like. And I don't say that as a shot at the women because I, the wrestling is still solid. It's just it's very interesting. They wrestle a style that is a lot more reminiscent of of older wrestling styles, and the crowd just completely accepts it, and it's very cool. And it's not like, oh, they're women, they can't do whatever. You know, like it's not like that at all. It's just they can wrestle this safer, um, less over the top style, and people are into the characters yeah, enough. I, I that love they the accept character of Bailey. Matches. I'm not trying to say anything about Bailey's character at all. But at the end of the day, that's Bailey, what matters. If Bailey uh, yeah, if Bailey chained that into two or three Bailey the Bellies, that'd be pretty cool. I don't think it matters that much. <laughs> Oh, I don't know. But my point is that they fucking killed her dead, and yeah, like maybe she'll be saved again someday. Maybe she's like, gonna come back against Alexa Bliss, <sighs> chain three belly Bailey the bellies together. I want to see her then... fucking. I'm so sick of Alexa Bliss. I don't care if people get pissed off, but like, I'm fucking done with her. She's like an adequate wrestler at best. Uh, her promos are good, but like. The WWE is such a promo oriented company, it honestly makes me. I'm a little bit sick of it. Like, I love when people can cut good promos, but, like, when the only way people can get over is doing well with the terrible pre-scripted garbage, then, like, your company is fucking worthless. We need a Dusty. We need a Dusty in this uh, this environment. Oh, I miss Dusty. But I'm saying, like, we need, like, we need someone to be able... 
I mean, that's what you need. You need a, someone that connects with the people. And you know what's really bad? They don't have hey, a fucking single person that does that. You know what? Uh, you want to hear a really, really bad connection? What time are we at for you here? Uh, one hour, three minutes, 35 seconds. You want to hear a, a really shitty connection? What? Anyone here is into Canadian politics. Okay. So back in the day, there were some people who uh, could do some pretty good promos, right? Oh weren't dicted dictated by I'm not talking about way back in the day I'm talking about like late 90s uh-huh. the Rocks the Stone Cold Steve Austin sure. the Chris Jericho's I could do they knew what they had to do yeah but they were able to veer off the path slightly yeah they were given uh, some, some room bullet points and they could improvise from there so back in the day the Canadian pol- political stream the ministers used to be able to do this mm-hmm. and then we had Monsieur Harper mm-hmm. uh, become our Prime Minister and there's some Harper fans in here Whatever, go fuck yourselves no, hey, well, hey, I'm nope. going to be more political but I'm nope. say go whatever. fuck yourselves um, and then you have this tightening of the reins because we want to have this image of ourselves in the modern day that has no issues because they're so tight on having any fucking problems show up they don't want to have anyone fuck up mm. because they think that it will just draw so much criticism online and whatnot because everyone will be able to dissect it a lot more mm. that they say, I want you to say the exact thing I want you to say, the exact words, don't veer off path, just do that for mm. me, right? Yeah. In today's, and that was a problem. Like, And now you see the, the, the conservatives after a long time in power, like for eight years, almost 10 years, 10 years. Mm. Uh, lost the election to the liberals. That's a modern, that's a political cycle. But what I'm saying is, uh, the uh, the WWE people are starting to have problems. Like what you're saying is, the uh, they have to say what Vince or whoever is running the the, the promo mm-hmm. uh, writing. Yeah, they have to they have to say exactly how they're supposed to say it, and it's. It's coming off as they're uh, disgenuine and that they don't really know what they're that's, doing. That's that's such a good point. And so like they now is they're not coming across as genuine. And that's the thing is what I'm saying is they lose kind of that connection with the audience. And you know or, you know who does really bad, well when they're reciting promos that make them not come off as genuine? Heels. Yeah. Because they're not supposed to come across as genuine. They're supposed to come across as fucking assholes. Yeah. And if you're really good at recite if you're a heel who's really good at reciting dialogue that makes you seem like an asshole and reciting dialogue also makes you seem like an asshole then it all works out and that's why heels are getting over so well because well you heels. can't be a well heels that are good at promos are getting over so well because it's impossible to be a baby face in this company well, I mean like there's when all their baby faces are full of shit the only, and everybody knows the it the only person I would counter with that is uh, Kevin Owens he is that. He's a heel that's he getting over because he's full of shit. Well, he's full of shit, but he doesn't say exactly what they tell him to say. He well, I mean, you can argue does. that back and forth, but uh, I would say Kevin Owens says his own shit. I think he's one of the only. People I that he's like thing. But he's like he's that. I think man he helps. Level. He he has a hand in writing his own stuff. I think that's the that's thing. what like, he has his own. Yeah, I agree with that. He's able but, to write his own. But stuff at the end of the day, so he's still a heel, right? They it's like someone like I'm not trying to say demean Elijah Bliss with whatever she does. But, like, she's the type of person who's really good at doing the things they tell her to. But, like, man, they if Alexa Bliss came up to him and was like, I really want to do this and this and this, they'd probably be like, no, just keep doing what you're doing. Roman Reigns, just keep doing what you're doing. 
someone like uh, Kevin Owens shows up, like he's like, uh, if you're, I'm going to compare to Canadian politics again, uh, like uh, Peter McKay. He's or a silver tongue devil. Well, hold he on. Did. Well, Peter McKay. Peter McKay's an idiot. But they would still let him say whatever the fuck he wanted to say. Um, because he still had that. I still remember standard. my my uh, undergrad thesis supervisor, her boyfriend, who I met briefly on our Nova Scotia trip. He came yeah. to hang out. Uh, he was he um, he was a translator for the House of Commons. Yeah. And he hated when he got assigned to translate Peter McKay because I quote, "He's an idiot. <laughs> Nothing he says makes any fucking sense." He is a bit of an idiot. <laughs> But what I'm saying, I was I wasn't trying to shots fired. Do uh, why well, there's a reason why he he lost the he was obviously supposed to win the. I mean, he almost his, lost to Elizabeth fucking May in his own riding that he his family had held for sixty years. He was also shit. supposed to win when they they uh, the conservatives uh, aligned with each other. He was supposed to win the nomination, and he lost to Stephen Harper, and then he lost to Mister the original Mister Robot. But he also, I mean, Stephen Harper. He's a. I know that you don't like him. I don't like him either. Man, like the fucking guy is a weird, a weird. He's weird. a savant. Yeah. He's like incredibly unskilled in some ways, but in, incredibly skilled in others. You but know? like he, he was able to actually like merge the conservatives in the Reform. in the West, yeah. and then push the East to connect. And then he like he led that whole fucking thing. It's weird. It takes a lot of skill to do that. Absolutely. There's no question. It's like the most blandest revolutionary that there's ever been. Well, um, that's the kind of person you need to revolutionize conservatives. Yeah. You know? You're not, not an actual revolutionary could never, no. you know, like. Well, hey. I mean, populist is. Anyways, well, let's yeah. not, this isn't a political co- po- fucking podcast. Hello, we're Chapo now. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you know. Um. I mean, listen, what's considered revolutionary in the United States is very bland here. It's like, single payer. It's like, we have we have healthcare in Canada. Anyways, <laughs> let's let's just talk about the wrestling side of it all. I was just saying, like, as a comparison, mm-hmm. uh, you got some... Uh, you got this, um, this um, control uh, aspect of the company at the moment, which comes from this short-sightedness that people aren't understanding... That to uh, reach your long-term goals, that you have to let people kind of do what they gotta do to make it uh, occur. Um, I I really think that I I agree with that there's a short-sightedness, and it's I think there's a real, especially this year we're really seeing it. The short-sightedness has been around for years and years and years. That's why you've seen the product has had good pay-per-views, but rarely good storylines because there's no organization, there's no long-term planning, so there can be no long-term payoff to yeah. anything, which yeah. is what television which WWE is at this point is a television program by and large especially when it's with pay-per-views are bad but it's television or it's pay-per-views are great but it's television is bad you know they're failing as a program which means they're failing in long-term storytelling not in individual matches Um, that's something that WWE has dealt with for a long time but I think what's happening now is they're almost taking their current audience for granted and doing strange things they're just experimenting because they're of the opinion that they cannot damage their current product so much that it will hurt them. Yeah. And if they one of their experiments works and they increase their audience, they just benefit. 
So they feel like they're in a no-lose situation right now. I agree with you on that one, man. Uh, and I think that fucking sucks. Yeah. Because it has resulted in... There has been one good pay-per-view out of, like, six since WrestleMania. Um, and it was Great Balls of Fire, of all things. And it yeah. was pretty good overall. I think most of the matches on that were pretty fun. Maybe it's because they were so pissed off about taking so much slack about the fucking pay-per-view itself. They just made it good because the name... They were so mad about being made fun of because the name was bad. Yeah, like, yeah. let's just make this thing good. Well, um, I think we should probably wrap up about now. But all I can say is that... Um, SummerSlam looks good. We're looking at a really good card. Um, I'm very excited for the Raw title match. SmackDown title match involves Jinder, but it also involves Nakamura, so that can't hurt. I'm interested to see what Cena ends up doing now that he's lost his title shot. Um, I don't know who's available for him to wrestle, but uh, I'd be very excited no matter who it is. Um, I hope, I mean, presumably he'll be on the show. Ooh, uh, Chad Gable. That'd be fun as hell. I'd be into that. That'd be a good match. What if they teamed up? I don't know who's who is left for him to wrestle. Chad Gable, Luke Harper. Where's Luke Harper been? Nowhere. He doesn't exist anymore. Um, someone from NXT. Is there anyone that's willing that able to come up? I don't know. Really, I there's nobody. I think that's really unless. I'm not gonna say it out loud. Because it's never gonna happen. Uh, you should move. Uh. Oh no, he Who's can't. No, no, he's wrestling uh, Bobby Roode on the day before SummerSlam. Roderick Strong. No, Alistair oh, he doesn't. Black. No. Um. Uh, what's his name? Oh no! Yeah. No, he's, he's, on pro, no. he's in a program, isn't he? Oh no! Yeah, he's gonna wrestle a Hideo. Actually, I forgot yeah, about that. Hideo, but Tommy's if there was anyone in NXT, that's who I would want to come up. But I mean, maybe they could debut what one of these. Hideo or Tommy at some point. Versus John Cena? Hell yeah. Fucking kick him he in the head. A, he kick, another, kick the he shit needs, out of him. He needs one more, uh, um, uh, you know, Storyline NXT, and he's fucking uh, done with whatever the fuck's going on, because even though they Well, have, honestly, he's probably better off staying in NXT, because I don't think they're going to do anything good with him in uh, on the main roster. Although, unless they put him with Nakamura, and they have singles matches, and Nakamura actually they, gives a shit. What if they had uh, him versus uh, Randy... And because he's so fucking hard hitting, Randy gets so pissed off. That he fights back? Yeah. That'd be rad as hell, honestly, but I don't see it happening. No, no. Listen, Randy's dad is not Stan Hansen, it's Cowboy Bob. They do look very similar. <laughs> I want to see Stan Hansen's kid versus uh, Hideo Tommy. Yeah. And by Stan Hansen's kid, I do basically mean Joe Doring. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. I think we should probably wrap it up here. You've heard our thoughts on modern yeah, WWE. We've, we've, we've rambled a lot tonight. Um, Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose versus Sheamus and Jarrah looks lit. That's, that's going to be fun. Royal versus Hardy looks good. That's all of my thoughts on SummerSlam. Um, in general, uh, wrestling news right now, obviously the G1 is going on. Yeah. Um, watch that if you can. New Japan Pro Wrestling World, good website, good wrestling, best wrestling in the world. Um listen to the wrestling observer if you want a good wrestling podcast obviously yeah voices of wrestling is another big one i'm, I'm a big fan of their whole network has great stuff on it yeah um, the law if you're into toronto area stuff yeah for sure the law is a great great uh wrestling podcast as well 
series of podcasts, of course. They're all it might be. networks. Um, if you subscribe to the High, High Spots Network, which I believe is $11 American a month, um, you have access to all sorts of indie wrestling, as well as specifically what I'm going to talk about today, um, Bruiser Brody documentary that just they just produced uh, with, I believe, the help of Bruiser Brody's wife and a number of other people. Incredible documentary. Lots of um, famous people talking about Bruiser Brody, one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. Died tragically, stabbed to death in Puerto Rico in 1989. Could have been, you know, if he had he had wrestled a few uh, another decade or so, he would have been remembered. I think as one of the greatest of all time, uh, and he still was one of the greatest of all time. It's just he he tends to get forgotten because of how early, his, yeah. how premature his career ended. How uh, prematurely. The 30th of um, uh, September. It's going to be another Hops and Elbow Drops uh, Brew Donkey Tour. Hell yeah. In Ottawa, and you're listening to C4. Uh, I believe that's is going to be the season debut of the next C4 season. Was the C4 season 11, I believe? Yeah. Um, um, very exciting. We're going to see what happens uh, after the climactic finale of season 10 uh, when Mathieu Saint Jacques uh, what, and uh, Thomas Dubois and fucking uh, Stu Grayson yeah. were all betrayed by the new bad boys of uh, Frankie, Evil Uno, and Tyson Dukes. Yeah. Fuck those guys. Go baby faces. Yeah. Uh, um, Ethan I Page will probably be there also. A good... Uh, uh, well, they probably will have like people such as... Um, as um, returning people such as Kevin Owens, um, no, Sami Zayn, no, <laughs> neither of them will be at C four on the posters. <laughs> Shut up. Um, um, also, an announcement: um, I'm going to be leaving for Scotland um, for a long period of time, so we're going to be recording over uh, online uh, sequences. Yeah, uh, we'll try to make it sound seamlessly as possible. But um, obviously, as we've had the summer months and other issues, we've been recording a little less often, or we've actually recorded almost as often as we should have. We just haven't found uh, some podcasts that we think should be up to the level that you guys are deserving. Yeah, we've just had some issues in the last few weeks, just due to how busy we are. And we uh, just want to make sure you guys are getting good podcasts. Absolutely. Um, so we'll be around. I'll be. I'll be throwing in some. Uh, my 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 job will be to uh, get a little bit inside um, knowledge about, uh, it's ICW? Uh, yeah, ICW and St. Championship Wrestling in Scotland. Uh, hopefully Sean will be able to see them. And then progress. I'll try to get out some stuff. Yeah, the UK it wrestling scene difficult. is booming. I hope you get to yeah. see some of that stuff. I agree with you on that one. And uh, But um, I'll get a little bit more insight into that. Uh, and we'll have a little bit more insight coming from uh, different sources throughout the podcast in that time being. Um, maybe we'll get some insight from uh, our our friend uh, who's starting his uh, training sessions uh, on to the... Uh, yes, that's right. Uh, a friend from... We were just talking about this earlier. A friend from Sean's hometown Sean. is about to start training in pro wrestling at the Lance Storm Academy in Calgary, Alberta. I, hope he's, uh, he, I told him about the podcast today. I, I he likes it on Facebook. That's very yeah, exciting. If he if he likes if he listens to this podcast, I hopefully it's uh, not not uh, too. I think it's in Calgary. Pressuring. Yeah, it, hopefully it's not too uh, pressuring on him about this thing. 
Oh, right, I, I believe yeah. him. He's like, extremely um, talented and uh, very focused of a, as an individual. So, yeah, I mean, buddy. Um, but uh, I think uh, hopefully he gets on the podcast. Listen, if, if, if he backs out, you'll never hear from him again yeah. or about him again. Well, he'll be, uh. he'll be there. But I mean, um, uh, Kevin, uh, Kevin might be on the podcast. Yeah. So uh, Sean is going to be very busy the next few weeks, and I mean, obviously, we've been very busy the past few weeks. We haven't recorded in yeah. a while, or haven't uploaded in a while. But moving um, has a lot to do with it, I think. For sure. Uh, Sean's gonna be busy in the next few weeks, obviously moving into Scotland, getting his shit together. So in the meantime, I will do my best to arrange some guests, get some fun episodes up. We're gonna probably yeah, have I'm Kevin fun, on. Oh, you're fun, but but we don't talk about fun stuff on this podcast. We talk about why WWE sucks and uh get some fun there. Maybe we just have some fun times. actually. So um, I'm gonna. I'm gonna try to get some silly episodes up. I'll have some. Um, I'll have some British beers on there. Actually, absolutely. by the way, by very excited to have a Brewdog, right? Is well, that a beer Brewdog? But also, I'm excited to. Uh, I was reading an article from the Independent, uh, in U- from Independent in, in the UK, uh, today, about uh, the ten best Swedish breweries. Available. Oh hell yeah! So the thing is, uh, no, no, not Swedish. Uh, uh, Scandinavian. The UK is actually uh, being. From what I've understood from talking to friends from the UK, is actually there's a pretty strong uh, Scandinavian presence in the UK brewing scene. Cascales and all that shit stuff are really good. I love that stuff. Uh, I didn't mean to say shit, um, just part of language. Um, but uh, they're great. But uh, the Scandinavian breweries are really influencing uh, what's happening over there right now. So. Uh, you know what I love? This stuff too. Scandinavian metal. Well, like today, by the way, we uh, we didn't really plug any of the breweries. Yeah, so today true. we've had um, Juicy Ass IPA from Flying Monkeys, Rye Guy from uh, Beyond the Pale, Sawdust City's A Place to Stand, Ontario Pilsner, which is in, in, brewed with entirely Ontario ingredients, available at the LCBO. That is impressive. We have the number three IPA from Collective Arts. Uh, super tasty haze bomb. The common blueberry returning wheat, uh, not blueberry uh, blonde uh, from uh, Broadhead. Blueberry Brewing. blonde from Broadhead Brewing. The Omni Polo is one of those Scandinavian breweries. It's a gypsy Scandinavian brewery who brews with everyone across the land, uh, but it introduces you to uh, amazing beer. Um, we had some of the uh, Coriolis effect Berliner Weiss from Soda City as well. I mixed in some cher- bourbon-soaked cherries into that beer because it is good to choose some. Uh, it's a very, very sour Berliner Weiss, and it's awesome to do. Uh, those beers are made to mix some simple syrups with, and that beer with a little bit of uh, bourbon-soaked cherries uh, with the bourbon from the from the cherry flavor coming through uh, is great mixed in there. So if you yeah, have a chance. The pumpkin as well. Uh, I also, I had some jolly pumpkin today i am very sorry i don't have the exact name of the jolly pumpkin beer with me but it was it a golden, a, it's a belgian cold golden sour that they had delicious honestly super it was delicious so it good. was very smooth that sat at eight percent it was oak barrel i'm gonna aged. come out here and say it might be the best sour i've ever had is incredible well, because it's that amazing um jolly pumpkin is one of the biggest breweries in the united states in terms of like their Quality in terms of their uh, people's viewing of that. That is one of the biggest, uh, the well, well, not biggest, but the most uh, respected uh, craft breweries in the United States. I mean, um, and it is starting to show up in the Ontario brewing uh, spectrum because they see the Ontario LCBO, like the vineyard wine world, as a, a place to go. Hence, why Omni Polo showed up recently. So, um, yeah, we had a lot of beer today, and we also had. Uh, 
few others. But I think that's we, pretty much it. Yeah. I guess. Oh, at yeah, we had some very earlier today. I don't remember what I had. I had you the, had the uh, cream the, skull from uh, the railway railroad. City. The orange cream skull from railway city. I had some blanche de chamblée from Unibrew. Uh, and then we also had uh, Alex also had a grapefruit IPA from shit. That's uh, right. Good call from Hops and Robert. Uh, Hops and Robbers. Is yeah. that the name of the brewery? Or uh, the name of the beer? Double Trouble Brewing. Double Trouble Brewing. The Hops and Robbers Grapefruit Edition. Um, solid beer. More grapefruity than Pink Fuzz. Although I think I find Pink Fuzz a little more um, hoptastic. Hoptastic is a good word, but also just uh, easier to drink. I think. Yeah. I think I find the very strong grapefruit a little bit overwhelming. Yeah. Um, well, like we were saying when we had our episode with Steve, they downsized the amount of grapefruit in that beer. And the pink fuzz, absolutely, they did for sure. So, um, anyways, we had a lot of great beer. We, we had, had a lot, lot of great, great beer. Ra- while the wrestling was sort of sad, the rest- We did watch some good wrestling before we, we watched the bad that. modern WWE wrestling. And by mo- I mean the wrestling we watched before was also kind of modern, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, we already we mentioned watched. the G1's going on. We watched Evil versus Okada or that Omega so today. Good. Uh, it was an g- awesome match. No, Evil, it was Evil is versus it was Omega. Evil versus Omega. Uh, I, I said Okada, but it was a mistake. Yeah. Um, that was, was an awesome match, and Evil is one of my MVPs of this G1 tournament. So so good. My MVP is probably Evil Juice Nagata. Um, I mean, besides the obvious guys, like Ibushi is probably the absolute number one. Uh, Omega and Akata are obviously killing it. Well, Bushi's always awesome. So. Bushi has just had an incredible tournament. He's had great matches with everybody. He had the best match anyone's going to have with Fale. He had a pretty solid match with Makabe, although I think Gotos was a he's little just a better. Sli- he's just a little too old to uh, really get pushed. That's for sure. And then the, the matches with Ishii, with Sabre Jr., and with Naito were all incredible top-tier matches. You know what? Great match. It was Yano versus Michael L. <laughs> it was fucking lit. Those guys Yon, were slamming yeah, each other listen, so hard. Listen, fucking the if t- there's fucking one match you got to watch all the way through, it's Yano versus Michael L. again. <laughs> I think, yeah, anyways, uh, I think... Uh, I think that's all we have for today. Yeah. We love you all. I uh, hope you're doing well in this, this day and age. It's hot here, so... It's fucking hot as hell here. We, we gotta drink more beer, so... We're gonna, we're gonna turn this off so we can turn the air conditioner on. Peace out, y'all. Take it easy, folks. <laughs>